you're back. <laughs> we got Jesse over there with cats and finger guns. And here we are in another episode of Blood and Bud. And we have a special guest. We have another member of an, from another podcast. Is his audio on? I'm special. No, I was just... Of course you're goddamn special. Who the hell's saying you're not special? I'll beat their fucking ass if they're saying you're not special. We have the one and only, the awesome, independent filmmaker here in New England, James Lamond, from It Came From The 508 Productions. Hi, Hi guys. What up? What's up? Hi. What's up? There's a lot up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, there's, there's a lot. I mean, I mean, shit. I mean, you know, you've been working really hard and, you know, doing podcasts with us, you know, a lot of juggling. And, you know, I think we would love to basically, you know, with Blood and Bud, you know, it's almost like a little special thing here um, with a convention coming up that you actually um, basically are piecing together and we would love to, you know, do some promo for you and just, you know, wanted to talk about, you know, exactly what's going on here and just, you know, let people know exactly about this wonderful festival that you are piecing together. Let the word movie commence. (laughs) In the cascade is about. Okay. It is called Dead of Winter Horror Festival. If anybody out there in internet world remembers, five years ago now, we did Dead of Autumn Horror Festival. Yep. And that was pretty successful, but then this little thing came that was called COVID, and it kind of just fucked the planet. And it kind of set us way back in a couple of particular ways. But one definitely was trying to get another iteration of that off the ground and for a while it just kind of fell by the wayside i mean we've been working on stakes you know which you guys both have producer involved with the production and we had beneath the red umbrella and just things just kind of cascaded well fast forward through everything to monster expo this year and we just the response to Red Umbrella and Stakes has been nothing short of amazing and incredible. And at least, like, our booth, that uh, Monster Your booth, it I mean, didn't I, stop. It didn't stop. And I actually witnessed this because I was doing a one-man show makeup thing. And I basically was just running in and out. I, didn't, I really didn't have any time to see anything. But your when I ran in, your booth was just packed. And when I was heading out, it just never let up. So I was no, just... No, that was all weekend, man. I was, I was, I was so all happy weekend. for it was all crazy. the vendors. Everyone did really well at, at that show. Yeah, but it was it was just, like, it didn't stop. Like, the autograph... We had to sign posters. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was, like, the first experience at a convention where I really felt like, okay, we did something here that's kind of crazy. <laughs> it was all Red Umbrella, and it was all stakes. And it was just, like... What monster did we create? So, anyway, we wrap up that convention, and I'm standing around with the Magenta Manners folks, PJ and Asher's Rahal, and um, some of my people, and we're just kind of ruminating on the weekend and how things went, and everybody went, like, four of us at the same time, like, 
if we can do that, what's stopping us from bringing back Dead of? You know, whatever season. And I was like, yeah, what is stopping us? Nothing. Nothing's stopping us now. COVID's over and done with. The convention scenes up here has been okay since, it's, you know. It's starting to slowly pick up. But I, yeah. I think one thing that you hit the nail head on the head on is I think because of COVID, how things just kind of stopped. And then slowly, you know, with the convention starting back up, I think the fans just want to get out of their basements and just really want to get back to the shows. Bingo, bango, man. And I think the timing really is just, you know, you strike when the iron's hot. And, yeah, and, I mean, and this is a great time, you know, for you guys. I agree. I agree. This is the right time for us. We're in a really, like, cool, unique position where we had, like, you know, a couple of things, like, really explode and get really popular really fast that people are really excited about. And what better way to turn that into a way to get all these other people turned on to all the other cool filmmakers and vendors and like all the stuff we have in new England, then throw a big fucking party. I don't know if it's to word it. It's, this is what, the, that's what dead of winter is going to be, man. This thing is going to be a party. It's going to be a fun celebratory time. Like I honestly, like if you're expecting like a Heidi tidy, like, prim and proper film festival like you're gonna either there's two things you got to do when you get to the door dead of winter either take the stick out of your ass or go home like this is not that kind of time i'm sorry i'm about the horror fan and i'm about getting all of my friends and all of the cool stuff that they make in front of horror fans i couldn't give a shit about the the proper way to do things nothing about dead of winter is proper everything about this is its own animal and I love it. I love what we've come up with, what me and the team over with Magenta Manor, it came from Five Way and Manny J Media, everything that we've kind of pulled together and created here, it's really special. It's off the hook. You, No one has ever seen a convention like this ever, period. Ever. And, and, and also having a film festival component as well, um, as, as you have mentioned, um, are you of liberty to talk about whose stuff we'll be playing at the festival or oh absolutely man we got we got um all kinds of people we've got uh the devil on derby street from the thornfall society george james frazier with uh stained glass and bloodbath is playing happenstance um frazier yeah uh boombastic my 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 cousins at the barbecue my brothers and sisters from another mother are special treatment Starring our own Alexander fucking Hawk. Yeah. Seeing that night. Yeah, and he's uh sounds like has been filming Werewolf on Wheels or whatever the hell it is somewhere and but yeah, yeah. I mean, he's kicking ass and looking forward I mean, to seeing Oh no, but there's all kinds all kinds of films. We got seventeen seventeen of what I consider some of the best in New England, hands down. Alex DiVincenzo from Lockbridge Productions, he's dropping his new movie. Gary Medeiros from Psycon Productions, the guys who did Plaga Zombie. Yeah, they're dropping their new movie. Ash, um, Ashes is dropping her directorial debut through uh-huh. Magenta Manor. Um, on my contribution, I am offering up director's cuts of both One Last Kill and The Box for a one night only screening. And this is the director's cut. Of- Direct- the director's cut of The Box and a brand new 
Totally different way to watch One Last Kill. It's called The Grindhouse Cut. It looks like it belongs in a shitty theater in 1974. It looks grimy and nasty, and it looks exactly the way it was always meant to look, just filthy and fucking mean. I'm and fucking sold. That sounds awesome. I, I can't I already want to take a shower, so I think you got it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's <laughs> filthy. Like, like, I spit on your grave. Texas Chainsaw 74 filthy. Just grind. location for me. I always need a shower after yeah. any of those. And the best, and, and when I mean one night only, I mean one night only. I mean people. Like this is your one chance to come, so come. This is your one all. chance to see them. That's it. Literally. We're so we can come out, we can feel grimy with the yeah. other horror fans yeah. just and rolling then, around in all of our figures and movies that, you know. All that that's fun. the problem, but see, that's my that's my problem with the entertainment in 2023. Everything, you can just go online and watch it 55 times if you so feel like it. Binge watch it, rewatch it. It's just there, it's accessible, it's safe. I wanted to create an experience that we only have this one time. And then all we have left of it is our memories. And that's it. So I literally personally oversaw and curated and created these cuts of these films just for this festival. That's really yeah. cool. I mean, you know, I love how it's just a wonderful, you know, marketing, you know, perspective as well, where you're, you know, where, where you can, you know, just the, the original will always be there because, you know, it, it's, you know, on disc or whatever, but to actually take it and, and, and as the original creator to, you know, jo- Lucasize it, I guess you could almost say. That's you know, yeah. I'd say, I'd say it's our special edition. Yeah. <laughs> be, but no, but it's great because now you're presenting something that is, you know, this is one time only. And, and that's a wonderful, great way to get people out. And I think so. I think yeah. so. A lot of people I, seem really stoked for it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a brilliant marketing ploy, you know, and um, I, I'm re- I'm looking forward to it. Uh, um, of course. Um, who, who are some of the vendors that are going to be coming out? Because oh, man, we got... I, I know we got, you got so many, but, you know, I, the thing I love about horror conventions from doing them from t- for 20 years is it almost becomes like a gypsy you know, type of family where, you know, oh, the fans all there, man. Yeah. They're all there. I mean, you know, the, the fans all there. back, the whole, you know, all the vendors are back. The fans all there. Um, for the most part, um, off the top of my head, like we've got, as of this morning, we got like 33 vendors. Oh, very cool. Um, so there's all kinds of cool stuff happening. There's vendors I've never seen before that are more like Western mass people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool because I think that I, I'm excited about walking around the convention floor myself, just checking out the stuff that other people are doing that I haven't necessarily seen before because they don't really come out for the East Coast. The they're East actually Coast. local. <laughs> yeah, they're actually local to their area, so they don't yeah. come out for, for for our right coast. Yeah, conventions. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but there's just I'm, a lot I'm, of great, you know, artists, you know, and sculptors yeah. and. You yeah, know, I'm stoked for it. I'm stoked it, for it. Better in the state, you know, and it's wonderful, to, you know, to just, you know, see yeah, everyone, um, you know. But off the top of my head, specifically, the people I can remember right now being put on the spot, Rough House Publishing, Dark Side Inc. will be there, um, Chris Butler Designs, the art director for Stakes, the brilliant Chris Butler who did the exclusive poster that we're offering as part of the VIP for Stakes. He, um... He's going to be there selling all of his awesome stuff. He's got a really cool coloring book series now, like a horror-centric coloring book series. It's wicked cool. 
He's going to be there shopping all his stuff. Um, yeah, man, just tons, tons, tons and tons and tons of stuff. Food. We got all kinds of food coming. Like there's like three or four food vendors. Very wow! So you got yeah. some variety. That that's all. That's awesome. Yep, and they're so gonna we'll have their eat own like there. Yeah, we'll yeah. eat like kings and we'll party like it's hard time, twenty four seven. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a good time. There's no doubt about that. It, it, anybody uh, for the money? I mean, we're ch- we're we're charging dumb cheap, right? It's like twenty bucks. That's not bad at all. Twenty oh, bucks oh. for. 18 movies, 35 vendors, all total, probably. I mean, that's a good deal. That's a great, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you got to be smart about it. I mean, if you get your, you come out early enough, you know, you can make a full day out of it. I mean, you really get your money's worth. You can walk around, check out the vendors, pop into the. And the door opens like noon, right? Doors are noon, and then it goes till it's done. Um,. The cool thing about that, Billy, actually, you brought it up, like being able to do everything. We thought about that. We thought really hard about how to make sure and guarantee that everybody can do everything. One thing I hate about going to conventions is not anybody's fault. It's just the nature of the beast. If you have a film festival attached to your thing, it's usually off to the side, in a dark room, behind a door. Mm-hmm. There's a sign on it that says film festival here or whatever. I'm, a- I'm aiming this squarely at Rock and Shock because Rock and Shock usually just stick us up in the second floor in an office room behind a fucking janitor's closet. Like, yeah, or, I mean, just, that's where they screened everything upstairs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you're an old hat. You're an old head, Billy. You remember when they used to make a really big deal out of the film festival when it was in the at- the, the atrium auditorium and they had like the whole pomp and circumstance. We're trying to bring that back. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think like the last grade screening I can remember at a horror convention was over about ten years ago. It was actually for a movie called Incubus, mm-hmm. and it was you know Robert Englund was in it, and I think that yeah. was one of the best well received you know features at Rock and Shock. Yeah, and but they 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 just kind of like somewhere along the way they just kind of like went by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Not that that's anybody's fault. It's just. It happens. Things happen. Um, we're we're trying to change that entirely. We're trying to make this so. If you're watching films, you're not going to miss out on the vendors, and if you're checking out the vendors, you're not going to miss out on films. So there's two in the middle of the show, the film festival show. There's two very beefy intermissions. You will have plenty of time. You will not miss any movies. You will have. You can sit there, watch the movies, enjoy them. Then go check out the vendors. I mean, if you're just coming for one or the other, that's cool too. Like if you just yeah. want to watch the movies and like sit in your chair for the intermissions and maybe go get some popcorn or something, hey, knock yourself out. Or if you just want to come shop the vendors, that's cool too. Like do whatever the fuck you want. You got options. You got options. Yeah. It's not all or nothing. You, you, if you want to do everything, there will be time for you to do everything. Yeah, I thought that that was important. If I was charging people money for a ticket, you got to give them the whole experience. Yeah. Exactly. It just sounds like by virtue of this location, it's a nice open space and you know, it's like you, you can do everything. And that that that's wonderful because not many, you know, spaces can can do that. And um, you know, but this I mean, I'm really looking forward to checking out this venue. I've never been there before. So 
Can I please give you guys like kind of a so mental? That's what really <laughs> excites me about this new component. It, it, me, it's a new format for a convention. Yeah, which it's a, it's a new format. It's it's this is no one's done what we're doing at a convention. Period. No one. It, it, yeah, it almost never happened. It 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 feels very you know like you're just part of everything. Yes. You know, and, and that's and and that's what I think you want from the a convention experience. It's just getting that piece of just by virtue of being there, you're getting everything. Check it out. <laughs> Let me walk you through this. Let me walk you through the the, the experience. So, day of February twenty fifth, you go in, you check in, you get your ticket or your VIP pass or whatever. You go up the grand staircase, of which there are two, to the black carpet area. That's right. We don't do red carpets in dead of winter. It is a black carpet, because that is what we are. You get your picture taken, because there's going to be two professional photographers and two videographers documenting the whole thing. But we're going to have a nice big backdrop right there for you. Get some photos done, like you're a movie star, because we're all stars. Fuck that. We're all stars at dead of winter. Get your picture taken. I like that mentality. We're all stars of dead of winter, my friend. You paid your ticket or you made a film or you're selling something. You all matter. This community matters. New England matters. And this is for us. Period. You go and get your picture taken or you go and like just talk to people in the black carpet area and knock yourself out. Whatever you want to do. Right behind the black carpet area, you're going to enter the gallery of gore. This is a 28 vendor Grand hallway, grand hall ballroom, pretty much. Any all the horror retail you could need is going to be in the gallery of gore. Yeah, everyone will be selling everything. Everyone will be selling everything, and we do have a little bit of everything. We have comic book artists, we have novelists, we have jewelry, we have clothing, we have posters, we have movies. Um. Whatever you need, if you're a horror fan, this is the place you want to be that day, I promise you. Now, leave the gallery of Gore and you go upstairs the second grand staircase to the screen of screams, which is the grand hallway. This is the grand hall. This is the big show. This is where we're screening all the movies. Picture a balconied ballroom with a 50-foot ceiling. A 20-foot screen. Shit. Wow. And a grand stage. This is what will the show of Dead of Winter will unfold. And I mean that as this This is not a film festival. This sounds so interactive and fun. And it is. And I love it. It is, dude. Yeah, and I the mean, main I, stage show will be hosted by none other than PJ Ashes Hall, uh, uh, PJ and Ashes Rahal of Magenta Manor Productions Third on Thursday podcast. They're going to be doing their thing up sta- on stage. I don't want to spoil a fucking thing about that, but what they have planned is going to be incredible. And then every filmmaker, every single filmmaker, gets to get up on stage and say something about their film before it starts. They we get to interact with the filmmakers before their movie starts. Every movie, no exceptions. Everybody gets a say. Everybody gets their two minutes. Period. That's pretty fucking hard. Like, this is love out of horror. Yeah. I mean, this is a real, yeah, this is a horror, a, a real love fest for horror fans. Absolutely. 
And like I said, man, I, I didn't let anything in that I thought was bunk or bullshit. These are truly incredible horror filmmakers. These are the best of the fucking best, period. Yeah. Everything this, everything at Dead of Winter is the best New England has to offer, and I want to stress that. New England. This isn't about what's going on in California. This isn't what it's going about what's going on internationally. This isn't about what's going on in fucking Canada or Mexico. This is about our area. If you live south of Connecticut, too fucking bad. If you live north of Maine, not my problem. This is New England's horror festival. Period. This is the this is I love this. This is a true homegrown horror festival. You know, I love the whole, you know, I mean, it's just, it's how you grow something, you know, it's like you're planting this amazing seed and I just can't wait to see what's going to be going on in the next few years. And oh man, you know, oh man, I'm telling like you. what you're creating, especially from an interactive standpoint, I can see longevity here. And I really am hoping and praying for you guys because this sounds like a brand new opportunity for just the horror fan in general coming to a dimension like this. Oh, absolutely. The, this, the hype is real for this thing, too, man. Ticket sales have been incredible. Um, VIP sales have been incredible. Uh, just going to be honest with you. I don't know when you guys are airing this, but I don't know if we'll have VIPs left by the time it airs. Um, we can but, get it tomorrow. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're going to, I think we're going to try and do a, well, we are going to be doing a rush order on this. So we know we get this out before the fest. Okay. But, um, as of this airing, VIPs may already be gone. I don't know, but things are flying. Things are flying. So I would stress to people if there's some kind of something special you want to get. Um, well, right now we only have four vendor tables left. So if yeah. you're sleeping on that, it might be the time to move. You know what I mean? But, um, VIPs, we, we got a couple, but they're, they're flying. Um, take regular tickets. Forget it. That's not even. I can't even keep track of that shit. It's it's going. They're just going. They're going and going. And Actually, going. what are the like? So people go for the VIP. You know what comes with that? Actually, um, well, it's forty five bucks, right? And you get it first and foremost. You get the lanyard that gives you VIP access and really cool seating arrangement for the film festival itself. Um, we didn't just. Not that I'm knocking anybody, but you get specialized seating for VIP. That's cool, but we wanted to do something a little more, and I don't want to spoil it. So, but, okay, no, but that's great. Yeah, so being, being a VIP is the place you want to sit for Dead of Winter. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Um, on top of the lanyard, you also get a Dead of Winter T-shirt. You get a state an exclusive Dead of Winter only stakes po- poster for stakes. Our feature. Um from Chris Butler designs. You can see the design online. It's 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 everywhere right now. It, it's it's got a still from the actual movie. Something the first release still from the movie period. Nobody's seen anything else. Um it looks amazing. I, Chris is just an incredible what he does with his posters is just awesome. Um and then yeah this was the best addition to in my opinion as far as VIP stuff goes. A tote bag. You get a dead of winter tote bag. Why? What is the biggest pain in the ass when you go to a convention? Carrying all the crap you bought. Exactly. You get a bag. (laughs) Actually, that's, you know, for 50 bucks, that's not bad at all. I mean, I, you know, it's for less than 50 bucks. I mean, shit, I mean, 
VIP definitely. I mean, those were some really cool accoutrements that you have, you know, thrown yeah. in there. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Actually, that's another thing we wanted to be with Dead of Winter is we, we, we understand like times are tough. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's kind of financially, not everybody's doing so well. So we wanted to make this as accessible as possible. I mean, I, if we could have done it for free, we could have, we would have, but I mean, that's not realistic either. But I mean, 20 bucks for six hours of horror films and vendors and like all that other stuff. Trust me, that's as, I mean, that's as cheap as you're going to find for a convention period. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's just not going to, I mean, nobody else is going to go that low. Nobody else can go that low. We just happen to. Not in these times. Be really shrewd. Let's just put it that way. Really, really meticulous and really shrewd with figuring this thing out. And, um, I mean, the VIP for 45, that's just, that was just me being like, okay, well, what's the most accessible we can make this? What's the stuff we're offering? And we found the price that really just worked. You know what I mean? And we were able to get it down to like $45, which I thought was like amazing. Considering like what you get, what you get in the package, you know? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you get a lot of cool shit, and plus you get a tote bag, which is huge, because no convention offers that, you know, if you really think about it, because, of course, you're going to be walking around to the vendors, oh, I, oh, I want this, oh, I want that, and, you know, it just starts... And then next thing you know, you're like... Yeah, it, and it's like, how many, it's like, for me, in the past, how many car trips do I have to make in the course of one day from picking up everything at a convention? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it was one of those, it was just like right off the spot, no brainer. I was like, we need a tote bag in there. I think that would be awesome. I think people would really appreciate that. And, and it lasts forever too, you know? They so. let, no, the, the, I actually, I mean, we just got, I just got a lot of the VIP, sh- the shipments for the VIPs in like a week ago. And I've been going through stuff. They're, the, the quality is really good. It's really there. Um, you can never yeah. go wrong with a durable bag as far as I'm no. concerned. No. Not at all. Very cool. So with, um, you know, Dead of Autumn going on, you know, you've also been making, you know, films here in, you know, Massachusetts for a few decades now. Oh, and a while. A while. A while. And a stretch of time. Stretch of time. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, you know, we'd love to actually talk about, you know, some of the stuff that you have worked on as of recently that, um, you know, not like stuff that you have coming out in the near future, but, you know, stuff that actually, you know, like I know you mentioned the box in those movies. Um, I forget where I'm going with this question because I'm a little stoned. Hence the name of our show, blood and bud. Uh, the downfall of the bud side. Where can we find all of your other stuff that you've done? Is it from the 508.com? It came from the 508.com. You go to it came from the 508.com. You got two options. You got the shop, which is where you want to buy the physical stuff, Blu-rays and DVDs and posters and all that nonsense. And then you have direct, which is the digital option. And rather than add another subscription service to everybody's thing, we're just pretty much a one and done thing. Go there. Pay us five bucks, you can have the movie forever. <laughs> that's as, it's as simple as it gets. Um, I mean, it's 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 amazing how the technology has you know changed. You know where you know streaming has come into play, and it's so funny because you look at you know services and basically you get nothing. But you know, being they're cannibalizing able, each other. At this they point. are, but Great. being able to do it yourself, you know, with the mm-hmm. dot com 
and you know the money goes to you guys and it's split amongst you guys however that's, it may it's, be. that's the way to go i i always yeah. i always have a chuckle when i talk to other guys they're like oh you guys aren't on amazon you aren't on tubi i'm like nope and they're like you know they'll kind of scoff at it like you need to be on amazon and tubi and i ask them I'm like how much money did you make last year oh i got a check for like 150 bucks i'm like that's cool and they're like, how much money did you make? And then I'm just like, thousands. Yeah, it, but, but that's the wonderful thing because you're offering the service directly. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think that's where the evolution kind of has gone because you look at it. It has people, to. It has I to. I hope more people catch on to that, that this is the way it's going to have to go because the streaming services are all going to kill each other. I mean, the it's only. not going to have anywhere to go. The only other, com- you know, companies I think that are kind of like somewhat doing that are like Trauma Now. Romanow, Lloyd, yep. and Aeriscope with Adam. Aeriscope does their own thing too. That's where I got the inspiration for the whole thing, man. I'm not gonna lie. I knew what those guys were up to and I saw and what they were on and it was fucking smart. And I think those guys don't get the credit that they deserve because I, because I think that's where the formatting is going. And Adam and Joe, I think, just knew like, you know, this is I think Adam, un- Adam's un- a goddamn un- legend. But unfortunately where the evolution kind of had to go. <laughs> it is unfortunate that that's where the evolution had to go, but the guy got fucked over so many damn times. So many damn times. Through, I, like, distributors and whatever else. I don't fucking blame him. Because, like, we... Same thing happened to us with streaming for the box. That's what inspired the whole thing. We got screwed by a company. We lost a shitload of money. And I said, I'm never going through that again. Yeah. We're making our own. And it stands to this day. I mean, there's... I mean, it it's you know, the, the fine print is always the biggest pain in the ass, you know, in those contracts, because you need to make sure you go over that with a fine tooth comb or else, yeah, you, you know, get everything taken away from you. And exactly. But there, I mean, I think there are companies, if you know what you're getting into bed into, it's like, all right, the movie is getting out there, but it's like, wait, I, I need to start like putting prom- promotion into this as well. And, it's like, okay, it's like, so it's, it's, you know, it's so funny with distribution because of how if I could, the, the unscrupulousness of the evolution, you know, that it yeah, if I could give any piece of advice to a young up and comer filmmaker that wants to get into horror and horror specifically, I'm not, I'm not talking about filmmaking in general. I'm talking about horror. You got to make, you got to set, settle yourself with three perfect truths right off the bat. Hollywood's never going to come calling. Yep. No one on this planet that offers you a deal is trying to make you money. Period. They're trying to make them money. That's how it, yeah. I mean, I agree with, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the third, the third and probably most important universal truth about independent filmmaking is you are only as famous as how hard you are willing to work for it. Yeah. The only way you are going to get your name out there and make a name for yourself as an independent horror filmmaker is if you go out there and kick your own ass and don't stop. Don't ever stop. And you keep pushing, and you keep going in different conventions, you keep going to different festivals, you keep supporting the infrastructure to make that stuff stay alive, to have that avenue, to get the because that is that, that's what this is. It's a war of inches. It is, and, and I love how you know. I mean, honestly. 
don't learn as you just to have that passion for, you know, that turns into that business mindset as well, where we don't condescend to horror. We truly love the genre and where we just want to just make, you know, content or, you know, product or help, you know, I, I hate how we, I hate calling it content to product. We're making art. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, even podcasts, yeah, even podcasts, even, even podcasts, there is an inner, there is an art to conversation. There is. And I, I think that's what it is. It's like when you're creating art and you're just putting it out there, it's like, you know, especially from a horror standpoint and you do it for so long, it's, 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 it's like you, no matter what, it's, it's like you're always learning something from the script because it's never the same story, you know, it, it, and it's all about a new series of, you know, how do we do this? And, you know, you have your troop and you get, you get together and it's like, all right, you know, we have X amount of time. The sun's coming up and whatever. So let's say, you know, three hours, we need to get this done. And you do it, you get through it, and, you know, you persevere, and then you get into editorial, you just, you know, get into that. I mean, it's it's just so, you know, it's just the the beast that yeah. it is. Yeah, and you got to have and, a heart. You got to yeah. your heart's got to be in it. You got to believe in yourself, and you've got to be able to do whatever it takes. Yeah, and, and sometimes you might not be proud of those moments of what it takes, but you got to do it. And I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm I've talking about. Any shady business. I've, I've always I've, been a 100% angel. I am a good, pure, innocent person. I'm a chair of myself. I'm sorry. Yes, I'm, yes. I'm just going to keep eating Funyuns at this conversation. You shut <laughs> up, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. <laughs> at least I know. No, and now you don't know nothing, man. You don't know no. the real me. I don't know what Funyuns smell like either. So, yes, the horror. Yeah, yeah, we're still totally talking about Funyuns. Um, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely but no, I remember I remember now where the fuck I was going with that was to have that passion, to have that flame. Obviously, you know, it, it came to you at a very young age. And, you know, um, what were I'm just checking yeah because uh what were the the films that just really kind of invoked I guess you would say to light that pilot because where you've never lost any your passion what were like some of the direct influences from or even people you know as well as films that um, you know John Carpenter man um I've always and I don't just mean like his directing I mean him as a person, like I, I just understand him, and I know a lot of people call him like a come come drudging, and he's kind of a grump, but and he's not exactly kind to other people's films, but he says it like it is, and he tells it honestly, and he's just straight down the line about what he wants and when he wants it, and he doesn't compromise, and yeah. I respect the hell out of that. I respect the hell out of someone who's like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but this is how I want to do it, and it's my fucking movie, and I'm gonna do it that way. <laughs> I get that. Like, I, that's me. That, that is me. But even beyond that, just like when I was a kid, like early John Carpenter stuff was like stuff that really resonated with me. Big Trouble in Little China, um, Village of the Damned, In the Mouth of Madness. Like these were like movies that like just really like, I didn't find early John Carpenter, like pre Big Trouble in Little China. I didn't find that till after I'd already seen like four or five of his movies. Like so, you discovered was, the, so you discovered the thing later, I guess. Way know. later. Way yeah. fucking later. I think I was like 18 was the first time I saw the thing. And um, 
ho- obviously Halloween. Like I had seen Halloween before, but I didn't really associate it until somebody's like, "Oh, that's the guy that made Big Troll Little China." I was like, "What? Nah." And I'm going to say what? something slightly controversial here, and I need to know your take on it. I love John Carpenter's Halloween. I think it's definitely one of the greatest, you know, upper tier movies. Do you think Black Christmas could possibly be better than Halloween? Because um, so, there's something in me. As much as I love Halloween, I'm almost finding a newfound respect for Black Christmas. Almost, a sl- a I've made it. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna double down on your controversial statement. I don't like either movie. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not a fan of either one. Um, I understand their place. Mm-hmm. I respect them as where they fall in the history of our cho- chosen art form. I respect the hell out of I respect the hell out of what Halloween did for horror because it was so vital and so important and it definitely sparked off a million and a half different movies. We wouldn't have Friday the 13th without Halloween. We wouldn't have Nightmare on Elm Street without Halloween. We wouldn't have all the franchise sequels that in the 80s and like some of the all more off-kilter stuff like Sleepaway Camp never would have happened without Halloween. Totally respect it. Personally, as far as slashers go, other people did it better. Okay, I loved it because <laughs> one question I have for you: What? I guess I love this movie, and I never asked you about this. What are your thoughts on My Bloody Valentine, the original? The original My Bloody Valentine is actually a pretty damn good slasher movie. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it the credit where the credit is due. Had some really inventive kills. I thought, as far as the silent hulking monster of a slasher having a miner with a miner's pick was a pretty cool call. I think that was so fucking brilliant because, and it's funny because, you know, like Valentine's Day is here. It's like, we're talking horror and I just revisited that movie recently and I'm like, I forgot how fucking good this is because it's almost like an insectoid monster in that mask and the kills are so unique and um, genuinely, it's a genuinely great movie. I give it, I give it a lot of credit. It's, It's a lot better than it gets credit for um, I think Sleepaway Camp and Friday the 13th, like the originals, are both better slasher movies than Halloween is as well. As John Carpenter goes, being my favorite director, I would I would say Halloween barely scrapes the top 10 of his film filmography. Like Thing is a hard number one. Yeah. The thing is the thing is number one. Vampires is like just underneath it. In the Mouth of Madness is just underneath that. Big Trouble in Little China. What can you say about the guy? He's, I mean, he's done such a great amount of work. Yeah. Other movies, though, that definitely lit the spark for filmmaking, I would say Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yes. That Bram movie, Coppola, I will that movie absolutely captivated me for like an entire year of my youth. I, Dracula is my favorite book. I mean, we've talked about this on Dead Kids a bunch of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dracula is my favorite book of all time. Period. It's the first horror, uh, it's the second horror book I ever read. First was Salem's Lot. I got hooked on vampires at Salem's Lot, which, if anybody's seen my filmography, I got a thing for vampires, man. I make vampire movies, I like them. Um, but the second book I ever read, my mom was like, oh, you want to read Salem's Lot? You got to read Dracula. You have to. You have no choice. This is, you have to do it. So I read Dracula, and it's my, it, it is, it is my favorite book of all time. Period. So 1991 rolls along, and I start seeing stills from Bram Stoker's Dracula. I became obsessed. 
<laughs> obsessed with that movie. Did you also like read a lot of Anne Rice as well? Um, because I, I know she did of- like. And I know she did like a, a lot of vampire stuff. I mean, I, she did. I mean, you know. I mean, the Vampire Chronicles are a very, very, very popular series of books. And up to a certain point, yeah, I was, I was pretty all in on them. Um, but right around like Memnock the Devil, I kind of just, it kind of gets just went into places I just wasn't interested in anymore, and I kind of stopped bothering. Um, but the first five, I in, especially interview Vampire Lestat, Queen of the Damned, big fan. Big fan. Well, that, that was, I thought, a phenomenal book. I, oh yeah, I, no. I haven't read it in years. I forgot most of it, but I just remember it was. It's the best. It's the best of the bunch, in my opinion. Vampire Lestat is the best book of the bunch. It doesn't get as much. Uh, clearly, it doesn't get as much love because in the movies they skip from interview right to Queen, even though most of Queen is Vampire Lestat. Eh, whatever. That it's movie a was a mess anyway. That's what that movie is. Oh yeah, it, it, it does. Bingo. I mean, it looks. Yeah, I love it for that. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was shot by someone like, you know, what's his name? Mick G. Marcus. Yeah, Mick uh, G. Or a music video guys. guy. A music video guy. It looks like, she's not wrong. It looks like a music video. I mean, it's an awful film. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. It is not a great movie. But it is what it is. Um, It was a cultural moment. Nobody can deny that. Between the soundtrack, oh, totally. Aaliyah playing the a cop. The soundtrack was amazing. Yeah. It had, it had its point. It was throughout my high school, that soundtrack. Yeah, I no, I mean, that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend like, but that soundtrack got me laid more times when I was like my, a senior in high school than I could possibly count. Um, just because hot goth girls were all about that shit. And Didn't I, you have I, dreads too? What? Didn't you have dreads too? Oh yeah. Okay, awesome. so that music with dreads, of course that's a chick magnet. Yeah, he's, I had monster dreads too. Like I didn't just have like the white boy dreads that were like a bowl cut to stop to your ears. Like mine were down to my ass. Like I had dreads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the John, the Jonathan Davis look, and you're playing that music. You know, yep. of course you're getting laid every other weekend. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that was the time. That was the time. Every girl that had like a pair of pants, a pair of jeans that had like a really big ankle. Out. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't. I was a I was a whore. It's fine. <laughs> um, hey, we're all whores. This is Look at great. me now, mom. Sorry, mom. What the face? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no. Uh, yeah, John Carpenter, Bram Stoker's Dracula, huge, huge inspiration. First Alien. The first yeah. Alien was, on a technical side, was the one where I... That's the one that really sparked me to go, how the hell did they do that? And made me want to figure it out. That's when I started watching behind-the-scenes commentary. Yeah. I, I've i been listening to that Goldman score so much recently. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh God, I fucking love... I mean, there's, like, next to no music, but, you know, the, whatever music is in there, it's fucking amazing. And I just love... And we're all Gold. film people here. Another piece of advice I would give to the fledgling filmmaker... Behind the scenes documentaries. Yes. Director interviews. Watch them. That is your film school. Learn how they did something really cool with almost nothing. That is how, that is film school. Period. Do your yeah. homework. Do your homework. And learn your to em- learn to embrace DIY filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Learn to embrace homegrown. 
whatever documentaries you can find making on them. You know, with come to Better Winter Horror Festival on February 25th, seeing 17 people that all do it really good. <laughs> yes. And, and and plus, yeah, you know, with Dead of Winter, you know, coming up, um, you know, uh, please, you know, horror fans, the conventions are back open. Come out of your basements. Come join us at the festivals. This is going to be a wild time, man. You oh, get to see all of our faces. All of our faces at once in the same building, which has not happened in way too fucking long. Um. On an interactive level. That's on, an, on a very interactive level. You can touch my face and everything. It'll be there. One thing I forgot to mention that's really important about Dead of Winter. Yes. Not only are we doing the one night only viewings of the director's cuts. The trailer for Stakes, A New England Vampire Story. Our first feature film. Produced by both of your hosts here on Blood and Bud. In addition to all of us over on my team will be premiering at Dead of Winter. You will get, this is where you will get your first look at stakes. Really, in motion, like as a movie. Well, a little piece of the movie, like that big. Yeah. But you is know what Just be a little guy. Just a little guy. But you get to see it for the first time with everybody else. Nobody else has seen the trailer yet. But it's premiering in two weeks, at literally exactly two weeks from today, right now. At Dead of Winter. Very cool. So that's awesome. So I guess we'll we'll be finishing up here on this episode of Blood and Bud. And sure. thank you so much, James, for you know coming out and happy to. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And and Jesse, I just I'm so mesmerized between your hair and that top. You look like blood rain. Almost like you should just be, you know, killing you know, zombies or something right now, the way you that's a good call. Yes. She killed like coffees and stuff too. I I can dig this. You should do that in your little girl voice. It's like kills, you know, zombies. You know. He also or, killed Nazi zombies. N- Nazi zombies. <laughs> I'm still waiting for werewolf Nazi zombies. Oh man, dude! I want werewolf women of the SS. It's the last. It's the last piece of Grindhouse. Yes. It's the last one that isn't a movie yet. Come on, zombie, do it. We need <laughs> it. We know. We love it. We want it. We got Thanksgiving. We got machete. Come on. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Boombastic Media, and thank you, James. And we will catch everyone else on the next episode of Blood and Bud. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks, Maddie. Thank you.